Hello, everyone. Welcome to the goddamn podcast. It's Mark Joseph Bennett coming to you from the uh, XC60 recording studio. Now, guys, you're dying to know. How was the trip to France? It, it was wonderful. Um, I will say I currently don't feel wonderful because I, I broke a couple of ribs. Because, you know, guys, you know how I do. You know, I party hard, man. Party, fuck. I party so hard, I wake up the next day with a couple of broken ribs. So what happened with this party was I was asleep on the couch and my toddler woke up asking for his mother. So I figured, I think I'll be a hero. I'll go in, you know, stepped on some goddamn Lego. Feet came out from under me, fell down on the on the floor, Broke a couple ribs. You know, great party. Like you do. Long time listeners to the podcast. You guys know I got the shitty bones. Now, I had a pretty good streak going. It's been a good, what is this? Three years since I broke a rib? I don't know. It's been a while. Ever since I found out I got some kind of problem with my bones, I've been super careful, right? So, no broken ribs since I discovered how easy it is for me to break bones. So, uh, but, you know, a couple nights ago, the streak ended. Like Jerry Seinfeld's vomit streak came to a, to a halt. And uh, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. It's sitting here in the old podcast studio. I have quite a pain in my side. I think my theory is me breaking ribs doesn't hurt as much as other people because when I see athletes and stuff and they say they broke ribs, they seem to be in in a great deal of pain. And I, while uncomfortable and I have trouble sleeping, I, I don't know. Or maybe I'm just tougher than everybody else. That's also very plausible that I'm as just tough as nails. Oh, I forgot to plug in my headphones. Who even knows if I'm recording this? Guys, give me a break. I got some broken ribs, right? What, am I going to remember to plug in my headphones when my ribs are broken? Uh, I think not. Anyway, back to the south of France. Hold on. I'm going to plug in these goddamn earphones. Well, what do you have to hold on? I can just keep talking, right? I can unfold these things like this. These are earphones I did not take on the plane. I was figuring, you know... Maybe I should take my nice earphones on the plane, listen to some movies and stuff like that. But I knew better. You got when you have a toddler, ladies and gentlemen, there's no time. There's no time for listening to things on headphones. You know, you can't get those nice Bose noise canceling headphones and just plug them in on the plane and block out all the sounds. You know, because the sounds on the plane you need to hear when you're a father. Because, you know, you don't want to have those nice cushiony Bose silencers on. And then, the, you know, flight attendant comes and taps you on the shoulder like, um, sir, your son is in the overhead compartment. You know? Because they'll do that. Those little fuckers will climb right up there. Okay, hold on. I got the earphones ready. There. Oh, yeah. There's the beautiful sound of my own voice. My own goddamn nasal leprechaun voice. There it is. Oh, it's uh, so much better, right? Oh, did I just turn this off now? Nope, still going. Going strong three minutes and 55 seconds in. 
Still haven't told you about France. So I will tell you about uh, the plane ride to France, chronological order, right? Because why not? Now, you guys know, my son, the the fruit of my loins. Boy, do I hate that phrase. That is, uh, he's a great traveler, which is surprising because I am a shitty traveler. Shitty, shitty traveler. But my son, he loves any form of public transportation. Give him a bus. Give him uh, a train, especially a plane. Jesus Christ. We, so on the way back, we got off. So the first flight is an hour, eight hours and, and 30 minutes. And then the next flight is two hours. So so you you fly from the south of France, from Nice to um, Montreal. That's eight and a half hours. And then we have an hour stopover in Montreal. Then another hour long flight on the way back. When we were done at all, And we're getting off the plane. And me and my wife were exhausted. And we're so glad to be off the goddamn plane. My son, he says, go back. Go back on plane. And we're like, no. No, you broken English little crazy person. Can't go back on the plane. Crazy. Loves it. Can't get enough of it. Anyway, so we're we're flying to Nice. And um, we, we, we got a night flight. Because my son sleeps on the night flights very well. So far, anyway. And this one, it looked good. You know, he had a short nap in the day. We were ready. Ready for the flight. Right about 8 p.m., we're in the air. The lights are dimming in the cabin. You know, uh, son seems to be getting sleepy. And then we got these old fucking bats behind us. A row of three women who are just chatting it up. Now, I'm like, you know what? It's 8 o'clock. You know, these these old bags are happy to be out going on some kind of fucking senior Sex in the City tour. They're, they're having a great time. Let's not, just, let's not just ruin the party, you know? Let's just... Let's not huff and puff in the row above, uh, in front of them. We'll just, we'll just let them live their lives. 9 o'clock comes, still talking. 10 o'clock comes, still talking. 11 o'clock comes, still talking. Midnight, still fucking talking. The rest of the plane is dead silent. And these three bitches, and I'm, I would call men bitches, so don't me to me on that shit. These three fucking assholes, all right? There's your equality, women. You're not bitches, you're assholes. You're goddamn cock-sucking assholes. Midnight. Screaming. They're getting louder. Now, I don't know if you've guessed by now, but they're American. And I know I've got a lot of American fans out there, a lot of American listeners, and I love you guys for the most part. But you have to admit, there are some of you who are so fucking loud that people people often think the United States, they don't have an accent. They have an accent. It's called loud. And I'm, I ran into a bunch of Americans on the trip. Now, some of them, great, you know, just great people. And others, it's, there's a loudness that it simply can't be described until you witness it. It's just, like, we ran into, um, um, my wife's parents were in the south of France to visit us as well. And they had some acquaintance at the table 
And, and he was uh, like, hi, hi, I'm Dale. I'm Dale. And I was like, yeah, Dale from where? Colorado? Yeah. Dale, how, how'd you know? I'm Dale from Colorado. How did you know that? Because, Dale, you got a loud, toothy accent, buddy. I'm American. How are you? And I look, don't get me wrong. Some of it is jealousy on my part over here. Because you're so goddamn confident that you can't help but scream through your big cap teeth. Hi, I'm Dale. How are you? Oh, yeah, we got into Nice. Uh, we got into Nice three days ago. Yep, yep. And uh, we just like to tell the rest of the restaurant extremely loudly that uh, we had we had a fine flight. Yeah, yes, we did. We were really enjoying the, the beaches. All right, Dale, shut the fuck up, bud. Take it down a notch. And these goddamn ladies, they were female Dales. Just screaming their fucking guts out. So at one point I get up, I stand up. I'm trying to be Canadian about it. And this is the part I regret, all right? <laughs> this is the part I regret because I just stood up and I sighed. I was like, Ugh. And I stood there looking at them. And they didn't, they didn't take the hint. I was standing for like five minutes. So then I decide, because my wife and, and baby, they, baby, toddler, he, he finally fell asleep. About midnight, he, I guess he just was like, okay, fuck it. Fuck it, I just have to sleep through this goddamn wall of noise. And my wife had also gone to sleep. And so I'm like, all right, I need to get some sleep because the boy's going to be up in five minutes. And life is difficult when you're falling asleep and your toddler is not. So I'm like, I got to get go get some sleep now. So I go to a different part of the plane where there's some empty seats. And then I sit down and I start trying to go for, to sleep there. And then, then you know what, guys? I fucking lost it. I just lost it. I stood up. And I was like, no, I'm not letting these three fucking old ladies run my life. So I went back to my seat and I just turned around and I went, guys, that's how I started. And then one of them goes, are we too loud? And I went, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I said. I went, yeah, yeah you just, I said, you've been talking all flight, but you're, you're getting louder and it's midnight. I said, you know. I said, I, and then, and then this part I regret a little bit too. I was, I hate to do it, but I got a toddler up here and he's trying to sleep, but you keep waking him up. See, here's the reason I regret those two things, the standing up and then the toddler thing. There was no fucking reason to stand up and, and try to be polite about it. And then there was no reason to say, to, to give any qualifiers. It's like, you just, what I should have done is, when right around, probably around 10, 10 30, turn around and go, Hey guys, uh, we're trying to get some sleep up here. Do you mind not screaming your fucking guts out? Just for a minute. And here's the thing with these goddamn old fucking assholes. Nice is six hours ahead. And they were talking about it. They were talking the whole time about what they were going to wear. You should wear a scarf. A scarf is really, is really elegant on you. You, you look great in scarves. You should wear a blue scarf. A blue scarf with your pink, with your pink slacks. That looks really good. I, nothing looks good on you. You're 80 years old. Shut your fucking yaps. So, anyway, 
I'm just, I'm angry again, guys. I'm going to bust another rib, screaming. So the thing is, niece is six hours ahead. The reason they're talking about their goddamn scarves is they're talking about what they're going to do on their boat tour that they have booked at 1 p.m. Now, here's the thing. Our flight was getting in at 9 a.m. Nice time. All right? They have to go to their hotel. They have to check in. They have a 1 p.m. flight. They are talking until midnight, until I shut them up, and they shut up. And, in fact, when, when, when I turned around and said it, then I sat down there like one of them didn't understand what was happening. She, what? What's going on? Why are we, why are we whispering now? Why are we being somewhat considerate to the other passengers on the plane now? What's, what, what's going on? What's changed? And then they said, this man in front has asked us to, to be quiet because, you know, and then one of them said, you know, he was standing up for like five minutes looking at us. I just didn't know what he wanted. It's like, yeah. Anyway, these fucking, so you have a six hour time difference. You're yapping till midnight and then they stay talking, but they whispered for the next two hours. So now you're talking to 2 a.m. You're 900 years old. You have an excursion, a paid boat tour at 1 p.m. You're checking into your hotel after you get your luggage. Let's say conservatively, you're at your hotel at 10.30. When do you fucking idiots think you're going to sleep? You goddamn morons. You got on the plane at 6 p.m. Toronto time. All right? Well, Montreal time, I guess, is when we got on the plane. You're getting off the plane at 8 a.m. Nice time. Get some fucking sleep, you goddamn scarf-wearing idiots. This is just, guys, you know, I know I have a kid, and I complain. But here's the thing. You hear people bitching and moaning about, like, babies crying on planes and stuff like that. Always take note of yourself. First of all, they're babies. All right? If a baby is crying, it's a fucking baby. Leaves a poor baby alone. Now, my kid wasn't even crying. He was trying to sleep. He's trying to be a good child. And that's the thing. If, if they... Because my son apparently needs no sleep. He slept from about midnight to about 2 a.m. And then he went. He just kept going the next day. And, but what, a no, what would happen to a normal child is if, like, this, like fucking, uh, you know, POW camp type torture, sleep torture, where every time he tried to fall asleep, the fucking Viet Cong, he was waking you up going, Ah, wake up, you goddamn prisoner. You, you would start to lose your mind. You know, and that's what these ladies were doing. Every time my son started to nod off, he'd wake up from these fucking idiots. And if he was a normal kid who needed sleep, he would have been bawling and screeching. And then everyone on the plane would have been blaming us. So what I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, take responsibility for yourselves. Start to understand how your actions affect other people. Everyone's on the plane. It's midnight. They're sleeping. Keep your conversation down. You don't have to be dead silent, but have some fucking sense. 
You know, you're yelling. And then if you wake up a baby and that baby starts crying now, you're pissed off that the baby's crying. Don't be a fucking moron. Have a right, like, anyway. So the trip was good. We, we, we had a, it started rocky, obviously. But uh, let's see. What can I tell you about France? What I can tell you is I enjoy having a beer with every meal because I got into that, man. That was, it was great. Now, I know I wasn't working there, right? Well, you're on vacation, but vacation is, is a lot of work. I, I find you're, you're schlepping around. I'm carrying a kid in a stroller. You know, I'm on a plane. I'm screaming at old ladies. Eh, like you, you're you're bustling to your hotel. Then you wake up and you gotta go. Uh, hey, where where we where are we going all day? And you gotta you're on your feet all day. You know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to go to beautiful places. And uh, but the thing is, you're always moving in the south of France over in Nice to Cote d'Azur. You're moving. You're, you're shaking. And so you sit down, and with every meal, uh, you're expected to have alcohol. Now, most of them are having French, uh, having French. That's what I call wine now. They're having French to drink, but they're French. So they're, they're sick. They're sucking down their wine. They love their wine. On the plane ride over, every fucking person had a bottle of wine. Every one of them. So I, I don't like wine. I like beer because I'm a man. I, my chest hair has chest hair. All right? I love my beer. Uh, sometimes I'll drink a beer, I'll pick up my axe, and I'll go chop down a tree. You know? That's what I do. Fucking beer. I love it. But I do like beer, and I don't like wine. So everyone else is getting wine at every single dinner. And me and uh, my buddy Ed, because we were, we were me, and, me and my wife were there uh, mostly... Because Ed and his wife, Julia, they were in the south of France for a wedding. And they have a kid Sam's age. We're friends with them. Seemed like a good time to go to the Cote d'Azur. So we did. Now, me and Ed, we're having beers at every meal. And everybody else is drinking bottles of wine. And, oh, my God, I almost forgot about the bottle of wine story. Well, oh, who's ready for more complaining? Anyone? Hands? Show of hands. Well, it's going to happen anyway. But I will say, on the positive side, let's throw in, let's sprinkle in some positivity before I go straight back into negativity. You're walking around, you're going to beaches, you know, and then you sit down and you eat and everything is Italian. I don't know why all the food is Italian, but I guess, I don't know. It's, 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 it's everything is uh, pizza and pasta and uh, and wine is very and, and uh, the the architecture it's very reminiscent of Italy and a lot of the people who worked there were Italian. I don't know why it's it. I mean, Italy is not far away. I I know that, but still, it's a very heavily Italian influence. Annie Hoozles, you walking around, burning calories. So when you sit down, you enjoy your meal. And of course, you got to have a beer. Also, it's, it's 28 degrees. And so at noon, you're having, a, you're having a snack at noon? Give me a beer. All right, now we need our, our between noon and, and dinner, you know, a little, some kind of little nosh, you know? Give me a beer with that. And then dinner comes. I have a beer. 
I was I was having like at least two beers a day, maybe three. But the thing is, I felt none of them. And I'm not walking around like a in a drunken stupor. You're doing so much activity. You're burning so many calories. You're drinking so much water. You're eating so much food. But yet you're so active that I was, you know, losing weight. I'm looking at my watch. I got my Apple watch on. And I'm saying to Sarah, I feel like we walked a little bit today. Let me check. 18,000 steps. 18,000 steps. Normally I walk 100 steps in a day. So your beers are warranted. I'm into it now. And I want to do it here. But like I said, where I walk 100 steps here, you just if you're just drinking beers with your meals, you're just uh, you're an alcoholic, I guess, is what it is. No one over there seems to be an alcoholic. Everyone's drinking all the time, but it's it's just a different lifestyle. Any hustles. We were looking at, uh, we were in Old Town of Nice. The, it's the coolest part, where everything looks like a fucking photograph. Oh, I took so many photos, guys. I am a terrible photographer, but I took a many, many photos. So I'm, I'm combing through. I took 4,000 photos. I'm combing through it, and I think three of them are okay. And I'm not joking. So I'm going to edit those three photos. I'll see if I can print them out. I'm going to put them up on my wall. People are like, oh, ooh, the Cote d'Azur. Uh, who took that photo? I did. I did when I was drunk in France. And then I hung it up on my wall. Took a lot of photos. But Old Town, it's uh, so fucking cool. And we were looking at apartments there. We were thinking, what if we were to buy something here? What if you bought an apartment, you know, that you could just go to all the... It, let's say if we started vacationing here a lot, because we really like it there. And it was... You could get something for like $300,000 Canadian. And uh, I, I don't know where you are in the world, but that's nothing in Canada. It is, and I, I mean nothing. You can't get an outhouse in Toronto for $300,000. You honestly can't. You, there are no physical places to live for $300,000 in the city of Toronto. Can't do it. You have to spend $900,000 to get anything remotely equivalent to what that is. So for a third of the price, you could have a place in Nice, you know, so you could rent in Toronto, have a place. So we started thinking about that, you know, we're probably not going to do it. But that's the thing about a fucking real estate bubble. In order to live in Canada right now, you have to shell out a ton of money. But whereas if you were to rent in Canada, you could buy two or three places across the world. And people are like, what are you, some kind of fucking billionaire? You got a, you got a house in the south of France? And now you got got another house in Moscow. I don't know, somewhere else, I'm thinking. And you got another house in Newfoundland. It's like, yeah, the three of them combined don't cost what a one-bedroom condo in Toronto costs right now. That's why we bought all those places. You know, we're thinking about that. But we didn't do it. And we still, I don't know, who knows, maybe. So let me get back into my negativity. Here's the thing, guys. Learn about how your actions affect other people. All right? So we go out with Ed and Julia and uh, Julia's parents, Stefano and uh, his 
his wife. Not sure what her name is. It's it's something lovely, like Florentia. Who knows? Anyway, uh, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so who gives a shit? Am I right? We're going out. We're meeting them. Ed's brother, who looks like uh, if Tim from The Office, the British office, had a baby with Sting. That's exactly what Ed's brother looks like. He's a yacht broker. A yacht broker. That's what it, yep. And his wife is a yacht hostess, or at least was. And uh, they looked it. They looked like a yacht broker and his hostess wife. And uh, they, so we were meeting them and uh, some other people. And so the, the main lady who we were meeting, it was her private beach. Not her private beach, but it was the place she goes to. And it's a private beach and you have to pay and you have to be a club member or some shit. I don't fucking know. Anyway, she's this old lady. She's like 70, wrinkly as shit, all tanned up. Apparently... Rich and only bangs people in their 20s. Will only have sex with guys in their 20s. Turns out there's enough of them in the south of France that uh, her schedule's full. Because I'm, uh, I'm saying, here's the thing. I, I was t- talking to Ed. We were out in the, in the, in the ocean there uh, with, our, with our respective toddlers bobbing around in the ocean. And what I'm seeing is large age discrepancies between couples. And not just what you're used to in North America. Not just an old man and some hot young tart. Not just that. Also, wrinkly old ladies and hot young dudes. Just, you know, the old friggin', uh, what's that? What did they call that? May-December romance? I don't know what it's called. And, uh, you know, fair play. To me, it seemed weird, but you know what? Good on them. If uh, if the boys over there like being treated well, like getting a few trinkets here and there, and uh, for their troubles, they have to, you know, do the old rooting around at the old ladies. All right, have at it. Because that's what the women are doing in North America sometimes. Not all of them. Don't hashtag me too, this. Just some of them. You know? So over there, it seems much more equal. Anyway, this old fucking broad seems like a lovely person. She's one of uh, Ed's brother. I think, what's, what's that guy's name? Tim? Hey, Tim from the office. Tim. Yeah, I think his name is Tim. So I think she was one of his clients. She probably bought a yacht. Who fucking knows, right? So she's got some money. She's, uh, I don't know. Handing out Rolexes after she bangs these young guys. I, I don't know what, what happens. Or maybe they're just doing it for the sport of it. I, I don't know. Or maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe she does it for him. Beats me. Anyway, she, since it's her, like, spot, she's the orchestrator of the thing. So we're all kind of like, hey, you know, hey, thanks for having us, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, myself and my wife, we order personal pan pizzas, and we get Sam some some chicken nuggets, and um, it comes to a total of, and I have two beers, it comes to a total of, of course I have two beers, it's the south of France, it comes to about 60 euros, 
all right, which is not a cheap meal, but it's, you know, what are you going to do? This is a fancy place, right? 60 euros. No biggie. And then uh, old Richie, old lady, she says, okay, um, don't worry about the kids. We'll all pay for the kids' meals. And we're thinking, oh, that's nice. That's nice of them. Said, so we'll just split the bill amongst the adults. And we're like, what's that now? Because the adults, quote unquote, uh, aside from myself and Sarah and this young Scottish couple, the adults, the people in their 70s, had been ordering very expensive bottles of fucking wine. And uh, they were drinking these bottles of wine, hand over fist. The bill comes. Each, each adult owes 75 euros. So me and Sarah paid 150 euros. Do you know what that is in Canadian dollars? It is 250 Canadian dollars for two personal pizzas and two beers. We have never paid $250 for anything. No meal, certainly. We, you could half that. $125, myself and my wife have never paid $125 for a meal. For the two of us. Never. When, during our wedding, we never paid $250 for a meal. It is... We were like, are you... It was the most expensive part of our trip by a lot. $250 fucking dollars. And let me... So, guys, think about how your actions affect other people. If you're drinkers, and we've been talking about this endlessly with people. If you're drinkers, all right, don't you have the gall. And this is coming from someone who loves the beers. I love myself some beers. But do not say to the entire party of people that you're with, let's just split the bill. Don't you be so fucking inconsiderate. All right? Some people aren't drinking booze. Your booze is goddamn expensive. All right? If I'm drinking booze, I'm going to pay for it. You can't be fucking ordering like 100-year-old scotches and piles of fucking wine from, from Naples and then asking a bunch of strangers who you just met 30 minutes ago to be fucking subsidize your alcohol. The Scottish couple who had the baby, they left in such a fucking mood. They were, they were, we were all having a great time. They were having a great time. And when they got that bill, they fucking turned on their heel. They paid it. And they turned on their heel and left and just fuck scowled. And I was like, I don't blame you. You reasonable Scottish bastards. How could you not be angry? I, my friend Dennis said, why didn't you just say something? And I said, I did at first. I said, we'll just go up to the, because I, I asked the server, because I knew shit was going to go wrong. And I said, can we split the bills? And I said this before we ordered, because I'm not stupid. And she said, no. What do you mean, no, first of all? 
She was like, no, we, we do one bill. She said, but you just go up to the cash with the bill, tell them what you ordered, and then they, they'll just swipe your credit card through, and you will just pay what you ordered. We'll just take it right off the bill. We do it all at the end, she said. I'm in a different country, all right? So I didn't argue with her. I'm like, all right. But of course, I didn't get a chance to do that because old rich old lady, she'd already got the bill in her hand, already done the calculations, said everybody owes 75 euros. What do you mean everybody? What do you mean everybody? And on top of it, she was a single person. She was there by herself. Me and Sarah are a couple. Holy fuck, I just realized that. This old lady who drank the most amount of booze and had the most expensive meal. She had, like, fucking oysters. She was, like, eating oysters out of a fucking lobster's ball sack. And then she ordered a pile of wine. She paid 75 euros for that fucking shit. Me and Sarah paid 150. And we didn't have any of that. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, oh, the rage. She was a lovely lady. And we had a great time. She wanted us on uh, our last day to, to go out on her uh, yacht. And uh, we all said no. Uh, Ed, Julia, me, Sarah, we all said no. Because we know something's going to go on, go wrong. We would have had to pay for the yacht gas or some shit. Fucking, oh, I need a new sail. Okay, guys, that'll be 3,000 euros each, okay? Everybody's chipping in for the new sail? Fuck it. Jesus, right? So she paid 75 bucks for that. 75 euros. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, the rage. So what I'm saying to you is, don't be doing that. They did They did an episode of this on Friends. Do you remember that one where Phoebe and, and uh, what was his name? Matt LeBlanc. Who did he play? Joey. Phoebe and Joey uh, and Rachel. They didn't make as much money as the other three. So they hated when they would go out because they would buy cheap things and then Ross and them would say, okay, everybody owes uh, 75 bucks. And they were like, no. And they finally stood up and said something. And yet no one has learned that lesson. Friends, they tried. That's what great sitcoms do. They try to tell you. They try to shine a light on a portion of society that needs fixing. It's what all good comedy does. And no one's learned. When you're ordering expensive things, especially alcohol, don't expect others to pay for those things, especially people that you're putting on the spot, people you've just met, people you invited. Like, so we were, so when my friend was saying, why didn't you call him on it? And I said, I asked the server, but since that went nowhere, he said, so you didn't then say, no, 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 I'm not paying for this. He said, could you have said that? I said, I guess I could have. But the thing is, we were sort of guests. This was her sort of private country clubby thingy, my Bob. You know, anybody can go. It, it's just that that's the place she went. And we were all there to sort of meet her. You know, you felt like you were sort of a guest. And then you, we got totally taken advantage of because of that. And we didn't. And here's the thing is. All the people who benefited the most were the people with the most amount of money. You know, because people with... So if you're out there and you got a lot of money, fucking think about people who don't have a lot of money. Jesus H. Christ.
Anyway, I had a great time in the south of France. Really did. Uh, I'd like to go back. It's just it's pretty far away. You know, if there was a direct flight, maybe. Maybe next time. Uh, there's a direct flight from Toronto to Paris, so maybe we'll go there next time. You know, I recommend it. If you haven't been to the Côte d'Azur, I'll say this, though. The beaches may not be what you expect. The beaches are mostly rocks. And uh, I found that, you know, because I'm an ignorant man, I don't know the world very well. I assumed they were going to have a bunch of lovely beaches. As it was, you know, a place everybody always talks about going to the beach. There was, there was one sandy beach. And uh, we went back to that one uh, twice. So... That was nice. But it wasn't a huge beach. Very small. Small beach. Crowded. Couple of, we we had, uh, uh, we're trying to put our mat down for the kids, you know. And there was these fucking old Frenchies. And they were saying, oh, they're putting their, their mat too close to ours. Because they think we don't speak French. But of course, well, I don't. But my wife and uh, her friend Julia speak perfect French. So they were like, no, we're not putting it too close. We're just putting it down. You don't own the fucking beach, you goddamn wrinkly old bastards. I don't know what it is. And I know I've been harping on the old. But seemingly, the old people could give two flying fucks. I mean, maybe that's what happens. You get old enough, you're like, fuck everybody who's not 80. Because we made it. Go fuck yourselves. I don't know. Fair enough. Maybe. Maybe that's how you get. But uh, France, Jesus Christ, they don't, they don't give a shit about anybody. They don't, there's no accessible anything. You're in a wheelchair? Good fucking luck. I don't know how anyone gets around, because I have the stroller there with the kids, so I knew how difficult it was to get around if you weren't able-bodied. So the idea that you were in a wheelchair, you just, you simply, here's my advice. If you're in a wheelchair, don't go to the south of France. Because I don't know how you're fucking getting anywhere. We we rented a, uh, an Airbnb, uh, which was nice. Expensive. But, uh, you know, nice. It was in a good area. We was right above this little uh, cafe. where So I would go downstairs every morning and get a fucking espresso and a pain chocolat. And they those people were uh, indifferent to me. Every morning I'd go down with a smile on my face order my my wife told me they appreciate when you try to speak french so i would say in my best french accent uh pain chocolat s'il vous plaît a uh cafe espresso and every time just just dead in the eyes wait and then they would point to the machine where i had to put the money in because you had to put the money in yourself and then they would hand me uh they would say uh uh the one time I thought I spoke French well, there was a new girl at the coffee shop. And I had my rehearsed, you know, uh, uh, café et pain chocolat, s'il vous plaît. And I must, I must have said it well. Because she turned around and went, blah, 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 blah. I was like, ah, I don't know what you're saying. And then she made, like, the motion with her finger to go uh, or, or here. For here or to go. And I was like, oh, oh, oh to go. And that's what, that's what she meant. So, I think I nailed it on that day. Still no smile from her. Because God forbid, God forbid customer service, you let people feel like a human being for a second in France. But, you know, they weren't outright mean. So, I dealt with it. 
I was fine. I changed my demeanor every time. I was trying. What, what'll work for you? Sometimes I'd go in curt. Maybe they just want all business. They're like the soup Nazi. You know? Tried that. Nothing. Tried being super friendly. Nothing. Tried uh, doing extra French. Nothing. Switched to English. Nothing. They just don't give a shit. Because tips, tips are always included on the bills. It says, like, service is included. It says it in French somewhere. So you don't have to tip. So most people don't tip at all. We tipped a little bit, me and my wife, because, you know, we're, we're used to that. Uh, but that, that's it. The servers. But I will say, you know, that is, that's, that's the stereotype of France, and <laughs> rightfully so. But in the south, of, in, in Cote d'Azur, Nice, in the old town, because it's such a tourist spot, I felt that it was, uh, they catered pretty well to the tourists. They were pretty nice to us. In But it's just once you went into restaurants and coffee shops where the locals eat, which are the my favorite places to go. I always want to feel like I live in a place when I visit a place. They um that that's when they just don't give a shit about you. They I knew they spoke English. And they never even tried. They were there were times I'd be confused and I'd be muddling through my French. And they'd just wait. And then they'd just hand me whatever I was trying to ask for. And they know full well what I was saying. And they could speak English perfectly. But they're not gonna they're not gonna make the effort. I was talking to some guy actually at a at a beach shop. I went to buy Sam some beach toys and he spoke perfect English and I was like, Oh my god, thank God. I said it's it's not that I expected everyone to speak English, it's just it's so nice to hear it for once and, and for someone to do it so willingly. He was so pleasant. And he was like, yeah, a lot of them don't speak French, he said, and some of them do, but they just don't feel like it, you know? And I was like, dude, I know what you're saying, buddy. I hear you loud and clear. They don't give a fuck. But they should. Their entire business is tourism. Anyway. All right, go. Have fun. You know, take a toddler, for Christ's sake. And if you're American, shut your yap. Just... That's the lesson. Look, I, I got to go. This podcast is 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 over. I got to go get a beer because I I got to I got to dull the pain of this broken rib, guys. I'll probably talk about the South of France again on the next podcast. I mean, I just scratched the surface, right? There's all kinds of things I could talk about with that pissed me off about France. I'll also try to think of the good things next time. What was I saying before I was signing off? I was going to go drink a beer, dull the pain, and, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the lessons. That's what I was getting at. The lessons that you must take from this podcast, please, if you're American, stop screaming. All right? We all know you're confident, and you should be. You got, you got yourself a great country, right? You're a lot of the reason that everybody speaks English across the world is because it's the language of business. Why? Because the Americans, you know, and to a lesser extent, the British, because they all, you know, but it was the Americans. They 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 sort of run the show and they really, you know, the whole world kind of adheres to the United States and their finances and fucking. So go ahead and be confident. But you don't have to scream all the time. Sometimes toddlers are sleeping, right? Sometimes 
people at a restaurant don't need to know how you're doing. And also, fucking stop getting people to subsidize your expensive taste. Have some consideration. Okay. I think I got uh, got that off my chest. Going to go upstairs and see if my wife has put uh, our son back to sleep. He's desperate for my wife's attention right now, my, my little fella. I think it's her theory that because she spent so much time with him, at the south of France that she uh, now he's so used to her that he wants her around all the time. Whereas, you know, when we're here, she goes to work in the daytime and he's stuck with dumb old dad. So now he's just every five seconds, mama, mama. And you know what? I don't care. It doesn't break my heart, right? That he prefers his mother clearly a great deal more than he prefers his father. I'm fine with that shit. Ah, that's the way it's supposed to be. A boy's supposed to love his mother. You know? That's it for the podcast. I'll, uh, I'll scream at you again in a few days. Thanks so much for listening. I said shut up. Good night. <laughs>